here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Look, there's a lot to get into here, but I want to address this Super Bowl uh, right up front so we can move along. Taking no calls on this, it was a great game right up to the end, and then the ref took over, and that's too bad. And I try and be as objective as this as I can. I read what Jason Whitlock wrote over at The Blaze. Jason Whitlock spent a lot of his life in Kansas City. His favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs. His mother moved to Kansas City in 1984. He was a columnist there for some time. And I agree with him. That this was not the right call at all. It was an abomination. Now, I've looked at this rerun over and over, as have many of you. And I think this gentleman, Olsen, who was one of the the top broadcasters of that game, is really outstanding. In fact, I think the team there, those two who were broadcasting uh, the Super Bowl, deserve a big salute. They were fantastic. They did a great job. But the potential receiver, Juju smith Schuster, he wasn't impeded. He wasn't pulled from one side to the other. His arm wasn't held. His neck wasn't held. His jersey wasn't pulled. You could see. He was barely touched on the center of his back. Didn't affect him in any way. He was still in stride. He's still running the same route. And it wasn't a catchable pass. It wasn't even close to a catchable pass. So James Bradbury's out there now. New York Post and others have covered this. He said, yeah, I I pulled his, his jersey, but I didn't think they'd call it. And the Eagles, to a man, well, we should have played better. It shouldn't have come down to one play. A lot of games come down to one play. 
And I'm listening to this and I'm thinking to myself, as is Jason Whitlock, did the word go out from the commissioner to the team ownership, down to the coaches and then to the players? You're not to squawk about anything? Seriously? Because what happened with that call is the game was over. Basically, it was down to clock management. Kicking a field goal from the 25-yard line, which is almost unmissable. And, and uh, getting the clock down to eight seconds or four seconds. So, there would be no serious next play by the Eagles. It's over. Look, it's not sour grapes to me. I'm just telling you as somebody who's watched the game from beginning to end with our family. That that call and those reruns they kept showing, and other than those who probably live in Kansas City, but a lot of other people saw it and said, what the hell kind of call is that to change the outcome potentially of a game rather than let these guys duke it out? So Mahomes is the greatest player to ever live. Guy's 27 years old. He's won, what is it, four now Super Bowls, Mr. Producer? That's a big deal, right? Now they're talking about being the next Tom Brady. So they have their story, the NFL. And um, that this was a fantastic game. It was. Until the referee took it over at the very end. I'm not saying he's crooked. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it was a stupid call. It was ridiculous. To change the outcome of a Super Bowl. Or to at least change the, the ending on how it would be played out. Would have been fascinating to watch how it would play out otherwise. What Mahomes might have done. What the, what the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs might have done. But also, the reaction to my friends is interesting. I have a very, very close friend who's from Kansas City. He didn't even text me after the game. Because I think he, he was a little surprised. My buddy Larry O'Connor, who's been beating on the Eagles all week. He even agreed it was an abomination. But he, others, too. Now, it's not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last time it's happened. But I'm not going to censor myself over what I saw. If it was a real hold and the guy was, you know, even slightly taken off his route or impeded, if it had some effect on the ability to catch the ball, great. Great. Then it's then it's on Bradbury. It's on the. But that's not what I saw. That's the. I didn't see it. I watched it, but I didn't see it. It looked like his hand barely touched his back. Rich, did you watch the game? Open your microphone because you hate the Eagles. I do not like the Eagles. You're a Steelers guy. Correct. And I'm not pressuring you at all. Do you agree with me, or am I, or am I washed up? No, I agree 100%. His hand was just on his back. He didn't impede at all. He, he didn't even push him. So, that's my take. 
And we're seeing more and more of this from the refs with the different teams and different games and so forth. We're seeing more and more of it. And I don't know if it's a problem with the refs. I don't know if it's a problem with the rules. But you have, what was it, less than two minutes or two minutes, give or take. And you have something like that. You don't affect the game. You don't affect the game like that, in my view. Now, what about the quarterbacks? Who had a better game? They both had great games. It really doesn't matter. These are great quarterbacks. I mean, it's clear without Hurts, the Eagles wouldn't be where they are. It's clear without Mahomes, the Chiefs wouldn't be where they were. They're both great players. And the teams were very well matched up. I mean, very tight. I think the Eagles' defense was not as up to par as it could have been, quite frankly. I think the one drop ball that enabled Kansas City to score, that was pretty brutal. But then again, the three-pointer that their kicker missed, that was pretty brutal. But that's the nature of a game. The least that happened on the field it was the players the players either go left or go right we got that but that call sticks in my in my gut because it's like what did you what what at a minimum they should have just let that go because it was not in my view it was not a holding Certainly wasn't a pass interference, but it wasn't a holding. He didn't hold anything. But he's out there, you know, yeah, I held, but I was hoping I wouldn't be called. When have you heard a player say that? That's why, wasn't that weird, Rich? I held him, but I was hoping they wouldn't call it. In other words, you pre-planned it? That doesn't even make any sense. So, yes, I think the word went on, out. We don't want any whining and complaint. This is our Super Bowl. It means everything to the NFL. And I think their favorite player is Mahomes. And uh, they didn't want that to be interfered with. And that was that. In my view, it was a lousy ending to a great, great Super Bowl. Not because the Eagles lost. They didn't deserve to win. They would lose but because the ref got involved in the very end. And I've seen it enough. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the chorus says. I don't know what they're saying on ESPN. I could care less. I don't know what... uh, I, I heard what Bradbury said. He can say anything he wants to say. That's perfectly fine. But I know what I saw with my own two eyes. This guy was not impeded in any respect. He ran his route. It was a ball that he wasn't going to catch, period. He never broke his stride. It wasn't turned in one direction. He didn't even look over his shoulder. That was that. I guess I could never have a sports show, could I, Mr. Producer? It was an abomination. I want to congratulate the Chiefs. They didn't do anything wrong. They played like... Like Warriors, they didn't do anything wrong. I don't think the Eagles did anything wrong either. It's not that the Chiefs didn't 
didn't get to where they needed to be to win the game. That second half was unbelievable. But that play where the ref interfered was contemptible. Again, I don't blame the Chiefs. Why would I do that? They benefited from it. That's okay. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. I don't believe in ethnic or racial national anthems, the black national anthem, or any other national anthem than the American national anthem. We're supposed to be assimilating in this country. We talk about equity and equality. We talk about unity. That's not the way to get there. Everybody having their own national anthem is ridiculous. We all have histories in our background that, that go to other places. But we're here. We're Americans. This is the American culture. This Johnny Cash ragged old flag piece that they play, they also played it in the Super Bowl 2017 and 2020, is so inspiring. I wanted to play it for you. And then after the bottom of the hour, we will get back to the issues. Cut one, go.
Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans. Packingham and Jackson tugging at it, seems. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on, though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville. She got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hold from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent. She's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Because she's been through the fire before, and I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground, and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag, cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, to listen to the Biden administration is to not have any idea what's going on in our sovereign airspace. First, it's the usual cover-up. So a couple of people in Montana looked in the sky and saw this derringer the communist Chinese spy craft. Moving along at what? 20, 40, 50 miles an hour? I don't know. And not until it 
It hit all the major nuclear launch sites and more and moved off the coast of South Carolina. Did they shoot it down? And, of course, Biden, in his usual stupidity and arrogance, said he would do exactly the same thing. That's the problem. That's the problem when you're bought and paid for by the communist regime in communist China. There have been three others since. Two things, and we're not sure what they are, they tell us. Might even be a UFO, according to NORAD. And one over Canada, which apparently Canada doesn't have the jets to shoot down itself. You not find this unbelievable? Well, we're supposed to be monitoring other satellites, spacecraft, hypersonic, supersonic missiles with potential nuclear warheads, the ability to blow out our entire electrical grid. I mean, does this not shock you and concern you? And the mealy mouths who are talking about it, Austin, Kirby, NORAD. I mean, this has me deeply, deeply concerned, does it not you? And it's no big deal, we're told. It is a big deal. Don't let them dumb us down. Don't let them change the standards they were in place before they came into office all across the board that's what they do oh don't worry about sat scores well you know those are racist anyway ah, well the border's secure come on now we've we've done you know and all that crap lloyd austin today on the airport tarmac in brussels today the secretary of defense cut five go Again, these three events uh, presented a, each of them presented a risk to safety of, of flight. Uh, and we don't know if so they the were... So the absurdity with that is if they fly them higher, as I said last week, say 60,000 feet, where most commercial flights do not fly, but instead at 40 or 30,000 feet, then we'll shoot them out of the sky. Well, what if they're 60,000 feet into the sky? Well, they don't present a commercial threat, do they? Go ahead. Intelligence, but because of the route that they took, uh, out of an abundance of caution, we want to make sure that we have the ability to examine what these things are and potentially what they were doing. So what did he say? Nothing. He's a mealy mouth. He's a mealy mouth, I should say, like the head of the Joint Chiefs. What did he say? Say anything. Then there's John Kirby. They brought him over the White House. Here's a white guy. At least the rumor is he's straight, a straight white guy who's stepping all over the lesbian black lady. Nobody's offended by that. No, that's okay, and don't worry. We have a new commerce, excuse me, communications director of the White House, and they keep saying that, that he's gay. And I keep saying, why do you keep telling us this stuff? Who cares? We just want people who know what the hell's going on and communicate with us and stop with the cover-ups and the lies. So here's John Kirby, straight white guy, I guess we should call him, shouldn't we, Mr. Producer? Because your sexuality and your skin color are very, very important, apparently. Cut six, go. Any of these three objects were surveilling. We couldn't rule that out. 
And so there, you know, you, you want to err on the side of safety here in terms of protecting our national security interests and the fact that these objects uh, could have and uh, and likely did at some point in their path uh, transit over, you know, potential military sites of ours or sensitive sites. That's interesting. That's not what Austin said, is it? So we don't know what they're actually doing, what they're actually collecting. He said we had to shoot them down because they're in threatening commercial flights. Kirby just said three objects were surveilling, we couldn't rule out, and so, you know, you wanted the air on the side of safety in terms of protecting our national security. So Kirby says we're protecting the national security. Austin says we're protecting commercial air flights. Cut seven, go. When it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes... uh, We don't care what he takes seriously. The only thing he takes seriously is his ice cream cones. That's not the question, what the president takes seriously or not. That wasn't the question. The question is, are our skies secure? Go. National security, extremely seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. And I don't think you need to look any further, quite frankly, than the decisions he's made in just the last week to 10 days. So uh, don't look any further. We've had these things in the air. They can't describe what three of them were doing. They can't describe who sent them. They can't agree on why they were shot down. And beyond that, move along president takes it seriously the way he takes classified documents seriously the way he takes securing the border seriously the way he takes seriously his big lie about cutting social security and and uh, medicare oh we know what he takes seriously nothing cut eight go you said a moment ago that there's uh, no knowledge of a, a u.s balloon or other craft over chinese territory just being cognizant of the fact that china has a different definition of what their territory is than the united states is there oh, come any- on now we have the idiot reporters just be uh, you know the cognizant of the fact the chinese have a different take on what's their territory who cares if they have a different take They don't own the South China Sea. They don't own the East China Sea. They don't own the islands off of Japan. They don't own Taiwan. What are you talking about, you moron reporter? Oh, can't wait for this. Go ahead. ...aircraft over Taiwan, over uh, the South China Sea that that would would fit into that. There is no U.S. surveillance uh, aircraft uh, over Chinese, uh, in Chinese airspace. Even Chinese claimed airspace. There is no U.S. surveillance aircraft in Chinese airspace. And I don't blame him for answering that way. Because the reporter, you would have thought he's working for uh, communist China state media. I'm surprised because normally they're working for Marxist Biden administration state media. Jinping at the White House briefing today. Are they UFOs? You know, the guy that, that runs NORAD said it could be UFOs. That's how stupid they think you are. That's how stupid they think you are. Could be UFOs? Cut nine, go. 
I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity <laughs> with these recent takedowns. Again, there is They're no They're laughing. But that's what the NORAD guy said. They can laugh all they want. This is the crap they're throwing out there and hoping something sticks. Go ahead. ...or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Well, why don't you tell your guy to cut it out then? Michael McCall is the chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. And uh, he's on Deface the Nation. I don't know why these guys are going on Deface the Nation and Meet the Depressed and the other one. I don't have any idea because they have no ratings and they're utterly hostile. But here's what he had to say. Cut 10, go. Well, it's certainly the right move. Uh, It will be one of my number one priorities as the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee uh, in this Congress to stop the export of technology to China that then goes into their most advanced weapon systems. In this case, a sophisticated spy balloon that went across three uh, nuclear sites. I think it's important to say uh, in plain view of the American people, you know, in Montana, the triad site, air, land and sea nuclear weapons in Omaha, uh, the spy balloon went over uh, our strategic command, which is our most sensitive nuclear site. It was so sensitive that President Bush was taken there after 9-11. And then finally, Missouri, the B-2 bomber, uh, that's where they are uh, placed. Um, It did a lot of damage. And I think the fact is, whether it be the hypersonic weapon they've made that circled the world and landed with precision to the spy balloon, we have to stop selling them the very technology that they, they use in their most advanced weapon systems that they can't turn against them. Can I ask you a question, America? Why would this guy say that where our B-2 bombers are in Missouri? Why would he say that? Now, maybe the enemy knows it or not, but why would he say that on national television? Do you think that's smart, Mr. Producer? What? What? And I I don't think I'm that sophisticated when it comes to this stuff, but when people are penetrating our sovereign airspace, and we have all the sophisticated technology and equipment, we have our satellites, we we can pinpoint things, we have GPS systems and advanced radar systems, and everything's not based in the United States, this is why we have other bases. Aren't we monitoring what's coming out of China? Whether it's by balloon or missile or something else? Of course we are. Or Iran or North Korea or Russia or whatever? Yes, of course we are. Then why are these guys like the uh, Keystone Cops? And why is McCall talking about where our B-2 bombers are based? Unless it's been in some paper lately. I'm not done with this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hello. 
I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. By the way, we, we strive for perfection here, but we don't always meet it. That was Mahomes' second Super Bowl victory. He hasn't won four, but he's already Tom Brady. Maybe he will be one day. The NFL seems to just want to keep hyping. And by the way, the whole hype begins like at 8 in the morning. I didn't turn the damn thing until 6.30 at night, Mr. Producer Eastern. Jim Himes, Democrat. Connecticut on Meet the Depressed. I have to play these things because nobody watches them. Even he's concerned about what the hell's going on here, and he's a big lib. Cut 12, go. Since then, of course, there's been the shootdown over Alaska and the shootdown over the Yukon. Um, Congress has been out of session, um, and so we have not been directly briefed on that. Our staffs have been kept informed. But the reality is, Chuck, here, I think part of the reason, and by the way, I, I, I have real concerns about why the uh, administration is not being more forthcoming with everything that it knows. But part of the problem here is that the, both of the, the second and the third uh, objects were shot down in very remote areas. So my, my, my guess is that, that there's just not a lot of information out there yet yet to share are you serious are you serious if one of these countries fires a nuclear missile at the United States and we have exactly 35 seconds to make a decision where it came from are you confident America that we can do that as I said this guy I think is the ranking member of the Intel Committee or something like that? Don't we have eyes on what goes on in China? I don't even mean on the ground. Aren't we monitoring what they're doing? What, what's the purpose of NORAD? Isn't that the purpose of NORAD? Don't we have eyes on enemy countries that have nuclear capabilities? I mean, somebody better take a damn close look at this. And I mean now. Because this is a big deal. The government's playing it down. Biden's playing it down. All of his spokes idiots are the Keystone cops running in circles. People keep saying Biden should reveal information. He should talk to the American people. Why? He's a moron and a serial liar. I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of his mouth. You get that damn Secretary of Defense under oath. You get that damn Millie under oath. You drag their asses in front of these committees. You hold public hearings and you lay it out. That's what you're going to have to do. 
Don't catch these guys walking to helicopters or walking away from jets in the middle of nowhere. Put the ones you can get, put them under oath, under penalty of perjury, and start holding people in contempt. We want to know what the hell's going on in American skies. We get nothing out of the FBI when the FBI's gone rogue. Nothing. Nothing out of Merrick Garland but lies and mumble mouth. Nothing out of the DHS. By the way, did you see where this Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, that the Department of Homeland Security has hired a private law firm to defend him against impeachment? Did you see that, Mr. Producer? I'd never heard of this sort of thing before. I think they charge like $1,600 to $2,200 an hour. So we, the taxpayers, are paying for some, you know, massively expensive private law firm to defend the secretary of DHS from impeachment. I mean, to me, that's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But back to my point. These generals, these admirals, these civilian leaders at the Department of Defense, they can tell you everything you want to know about critical race theory and all the rest of it. But when it literally comes to defending our airspace, apparently that's too much to ask. Well, let's get to it. Fortunately, our guys on the Hill, they have so much to investigate. I, honest to God, it just, uh, it's just never ending. So it's difficult. I'll be back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number... 877-381-3811. You know, we can learn a lesson about how difficult it is to truly change the swamp, if you will, or the administrative state, if you will, or the ruling class. They're dug in. They have a gloating and reliable media. And it's a huge problem. That's why they went after Reagan. That's why they went after Trump. That's why they would never go after a Romney and the others. I mean, they'd smack them around pretty good, but they really have no desire to put them in jail or peach them or that sort of thing. This is a very, very important lesson that we can see playing out right now in the state of Israel. 
that is absolutely relevant to our own country. Virtually, not completely, but virtually everything I've written and talked to you about is about how we get our country back, right? How do we embrace the values, the principles that created the greatest nation on the face of the earth? We're now told they're too old or they're racists or they're slave, whatever. And they say these things not because they can turn the clock back, but because they want to destroy the country. They want to eliminate patriotism. They want to replace capitalism with socialism. They want to replace liberty with Marxism. That's what they're about. Anything that goes, pulling down monuments. But notice they don't ever trash the name of the Democrat Party. And yet the Democrat Party's been behind it all. Now that aside, what am I talking about? We talk about the need to fundamentally alter the size of the federal government, the politicization of the federal government, in some cases the the nature of the police state that's growing in the federal government, how it treats individuals like us, conservatives, people of faith, how it treats people who simply don't want to go along with their agenda. How it treats people based a hundred years ago on whether they're black and today on whether they're white or Asian. We want nothing to do with that. So we want to get back to basics. We want to get back to separation of powers, right? Three branches of government. Judges rule on the law. They don't impose their activist agenda. Prosecutors who try to do justice rather than try and screw over the Republican Party and their nominees and, and pro-life advocates and so forth and so on. We want an executive branch that doesn't legislate through executive orders. We want an executive branch that upholds the laws that are passed by Congress. We want Congress to act within the limits of Article 1. Not to get into our faces with every kind of bureaucracy that they can possibly create, which issues every kind of rule you can possibly imagine. We don't live under a constitution that would be recognized by the founders. We don't live under a constitution that would be recognized 50 years ago. Well, the state of Israel is not as old as the United States. The United States is not nearly as old as Rome was. The great Roman Empire that conquered everything in its path. Egypt with 3,000 years of history. The Romans conquered Egypt. They conquered Persia. They conquered the British. Or England at the time. They were everywhere. They were powerful. And they destroyed themselves. Depending on how you count, give or take, about a thousand years the Roman Empire lived. We're not even sure if we can get the 300 years. The state of Israel is a very young country. It's a very young country. 
It's not even 80 years old yet. The state of Israel was founded by by Zionists. By Jews who wanted their homeland back. They've been pushed out of their homeland by one empire after another, including the Romans. Their lands have been taken by Persians, by Romans, by Babylonians. Every sect of of Arabs that you can imagine, the last of which were the so-called self-appointed Palestinians. Even today, when the Israelis are trying to take back some of those areas that have always belonged to them as the indigenous peoples the Biden administration objects doesn't Biden have his hands full with our country as my wife Julie said shouldn't he be busy focusing on our country where he's destroying our our institutions and our system and our culture and why is it that he thinks that he can reach into an elected parliamentary democracy and tell them what to do. Do they do that with any other country on the face of the earth? No. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. Benjamin Netanyahu is the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel. But the first real conservative to get elected as prime minister was Menachem Begin as part of the Likud party. What's been happening since Begin's victory is that the conservatives win more often than not. But the country was founded, I should say the government was set up by mostly European socialists, Jewish European socialists. And they never expected the riffraff, you know, like us, the riffraff. They never expected that that riffraff would win elections, conservatives. Like a Begin or Netanyahu. They've been trying to put Netanyahu in prison for three or four years now. And so desperate are they to stop this man that the opposition parties, the the leftist radical parties, made alliances with the Arab parties that don't even support the existence of Israel. For the first time in Israel's, since Israel's founding. So they have another election and Netanyahu and his party and the alliance wins big. And it includes the Zionist parties, the religious parties, Likud, the conservative party, and that's the way it works. You got to sort of build these coalitions. So immediately, the Netanyahu coalition comes under attack. Too many religious parties. But they won elections too. Doesn't matter. Too many religious parties. And the press in Israel's radical left. Just imagine every outlet in Israel being like CNN or MSNBC. They don't have a Fox News in Israel.
And all their radio licenses are completely controlled by the government. And you might say, so are ours. I know, but they're controlled in a way where we at least have a modicum of free speech and competition of ideas where we conservatives really do have a, uh, a big leg up. Not because of government, of course, because they come at us all the time, but because of what's between our ears and because of your interest. Doesn't work that way in Israel. As I said, I told you who the elites were who set up the government. Well, what's happened since around 1992 is the judiciary in the state of Israel has taken control of all three branches of government. The Knesset, their equivalent of a parliament or Congress. The executive. And, of course, the judiciary. But they have no constitution in Israel. They have these laws that they call basic laws. These basic laws are set up. And so they treat these basic laws as akin to the core laws of the country. How did that come about? Well, they just decided to do it. Now, in interpreting these laws, the Supreme Court of Israel, which is made up, I think, of 15 people, but they're all virtually identical ideologically, because the way they're chosen, a majority of the committee that chooses nominees or individuals, I should say, for the court, are of the court. The justices themselves have two seats, then the official legal bar has three seats, and that might include former justices, so they have five, and they have control, and they appoint like-minded individuals. So Netanyahu doesn't make a choice. The Knesset is not involved. The elected branches have effectively no say. So what the court's been doing for the last 30 years or so is taking over decision-making for the country. You realize this court has made decisions about battlefield plans? This court has made decisions about religious issues. This court has made decisions about economic issues. There are no standing requirements. Anybody can file a complaint. Anybody can be a plaintiff, if you will, and sue any aspect of the government. And they get thousands and thousands of these, and the court can decide any issue because you're not required to have standing so you have all these left-wing groups and left-wing lawyers bringing case after case after case in front of a court that shares their views now typically it's not the whole court they break them into like three panel you know a panel of three and so forth they make a decision and it's unappealable and that's it This Supreme Court has also overturned laws passed by the Knesset time and time and time again. Based on a standard that it created out of whole cloth. You know what the standard is, Mr. Producer? Reasonableness. It's not reasonable to us that you folks who got elected to your Congress, to your Parliament made that decision. So we're going to throw it out. We're going to overturn it. And they don't just always throw things out and overturn them. Sometimes they effectively rewrite them. 
Now, this has been going on for 30 years. It's moved hard left. There's not another court system in any free country, democracy, republic, that operates this way. Not one. Because you're not a free country anymore. So they now have tens of thousands of people marching in the streets because the opposition parties see this as an opportunity to knock out Netanyahu and the conservatives. They're being pushed by, among others, the chief justice of the Supreme Court and the former chief justice of the Supreme Court, name's Barack, who concocted this entire model, this entire radical ideology, a judicial oligarchy, if you will, or judicial tyranny. And so the, the left-wing parties have pushed out their people, so you'll see marching in a small country of 400,000 people or 50,000 people. And the media go, look at this, the people don't want this. Well, the people don't want is what the court has done because they elected this government. So they have a number of proposals in here. Some are more prioritized than others. But that this committee should be a majority represented not by the court, but by others, including the Knesset. They have an attorney general in Israel that doesn't function well in some ways, I guess, with Merrick Garland being a dictator, but that doesn't answer to anybody. Can you imagine having an attorney general of the United States who selects the top lawyers for every department in the United States? And that those lawyers do not answer to the secretary of this cabinet or that cabinet. Those lawyers must answer to the attorney general who tells them what to tell everybody else on every issue of legal consequence. The attorney general decided that one of the people that Netanyahu put in his cabinet couldn't serve. So he had to remove the cabinet member. So in addition to the Supreme Court of Israel, the attorney general who's not elected, Another top bureaucrat decides all consequential legal issues for the entire government. For the entire government. Imagine that kind of power in the hands of a bureaucrat. So you have the unelected elements of this this bizarre system set up by socialists, the government. You have unelected elements making all the decisions that they choose to make. Telling the prime minister, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. You can't appoint that guy. And by the way, we're investigating you. Telling the Knesset, no, you can't pass that law. You don't have the authority. Telling generals, no, 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 no. You can't send those guys out into the field and making strategic decisions and all the rest of it. So Netanyahu says, okay, enough. You had 30 years of this. We want to get back to balance, similar to what we were before you did this. And this is what all the protesting is about. Because the European socialists who founded this kind of government, all the left-wing supporters, they are trying to topple this elected administration, and they want to hold on to all the power they can because they are the ruling class. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's a short segment I went over on the last one, but what does this Israel stuff have to do with the United States? Everything. When we take on the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the American Stasi, when we take on their prosecutors, when we take on the Department of Injustice, when we take on the Department of Homeland Security and all the rest of the alphabet soup, we demand federal judges who are going to be judges and not radical left advocates with black robes when we reject judicial tyranny. When we insist that Congress live within our means, rather than spending the future money of our children and grandchildren and generations yet born, we're going to be up against it. We're going to be up against the media. We're going to be up against the special interests. We're going to be up against all of those who are on the dole. We're going to be up against it. So I just want you to understand what's playing out in the state of Israel is going to play out here. If we can get to the point where we really are effectively pushing back. I'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L E V I N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877 381 3811. By the way, did you notice how many electric vehicle propaganda commercials there were during the Super Bowl, Mr. Producer? Some of them were incomprehensible. But they were endless. The propaganda pushing these EV vehicles. And of course, we don't know where all this electricity is going to come from. 
We're going to have brownouts and blackouts, and that's the plan, just so you know. Then they'll limit how much driving you can do. Then they'll limit how many cars you can have. Then they'll limit what type of cars you can have. I mean, mark my word on this, folks. I know where this is heading. It's like there won't be enough electricity for your homes. There won't be enough oil, natural gas for your homes. Because remember, they want to get rid of fossil fuels. So now they will make determinations on what size homes you can have, the density of the communities. They're already working on that. No more big single-family homes for you. No more SUVs for you. For the good of the, you know, of the country. I'm telling you this is where we're going in 10 years. It's frightening. But I got to thinking. They like their mandates, the federal government, don't they? And they're going to make it almost impossible to drive fossil fuel automobiles. States will outright ban them, as we've seen. But the feds will make the cafe standards such an impossibility that that will result in the big manufacturers, gutless all, stopping to manufacture fossil fuel vehicles. That's how they'll attack it. The way they attack, you know, Newsmax and OAN and they want to attack Fox, they deplatform them. So they'll effectively deplatform these automobiles. They will punish. They will punish manufacturers. They will punish gasoline stations. They will punish oil companies and refiners, regardless of what the consumer wants, and then they will impose their will. So in order to put these limitations on you, they're going to need to gather information, of course, about how much you drive. Some states from the radical left blue states are already doing that the amount of mileage, and all the rest of it. And then they're going to want to know where you drive, who you're driving with, and why you're not carpooling. Why do you live so far away from where you work? And on and on and on. I'm telling you, this is going to get ugly. It's already ugly. And so here's my idea. All the people who propagate these regulations at the Environmental Protection Agency, so-called, there's other departments too, the Department of Transportation, the Department of Interior. Whatever departments they are, we can gather a list. All the people at the White House, all the people at the Department of Injustice had enforced these rules. All the people at the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a.k.a. the Stasi, all the phony prosecutors, all of them. They should be required to purchase environmental, excuse me, electric vehicles. Compel it as a condition of employment. Compel it. As they do so many other things. Stick it in a big monstrous piece of omnibus legislation. That anybody who, we don't care how much you make. You don't care about us. Whatever you make, whatever you do for the bureaucracy, that's your problem. But you must, if you purchase a vehicle, you must purchase an electric vehicle. If you're going to impose it on the restaurant. You know what else is interesting? The Washington Compost is located right in downtown Washington, D.C. They have a lot of blowhards and stupid people who write for that newspaper. But rather than conducting investigations of like a female Latino member of the House or whatever, 
going after Donald Trump for the 4,000th time. I have an idea. Why don't they figure out a way to tell us how many people employed by the federal bureaucracy drive electric vehicles, Mr. Producer? Wouldn't you be interested in knowing that? How about the number of people at the White House who drive electric vehicles? The new chief of staff, Susan Rice, all the rest of the of the Politburo over there. How come how come the Washington Post isn't looking for an opportunity to call hypocrisy and throw the flag on that? How many people employed at the White House in the old executive office building are driving electric vehicles? Tell me, how many people at the so-called Environmental Protection Agency are driving electric vehicles? How many? How many people at the in the uh, Environmental Division, there's, they have a whole division at the Department of Injustice, how many of them are driving electric vehicles? How about the Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General, the Associate Attorney General, the Assistant Attorneys General? How about the Secretary of Interior, the Deputy Secretary of Interior, the Solicitor of the Interior Department? How many of them are driving electric vehicles? Department of Energy, of all places. How many of them? You're going to keep ramming this propaganda down our throats. I think we have a right to know how many of our rulers and their enforcers are following their own rules. The Energy Secretary does not, huh? Jennifer Granholm, good job, Mr. Producer, revealed last year that she drives an automobile that uses good old gasoline. Now, how about in the private sector? How many of these radical, no-growth, Marxist, phony environmental groups, how many of their directors and treasurers and HR people and how many of their staff drive electric vehicles? How many? I'm just curious. And not just them. The Democrat mayors, the Democrat governors, the Democrat legislatures. I mean, they're pushing and pushing and pushing and and I want to know. How many of them are practicing what they preach? You want to bet it's about the same percentage of the rest of the population of the country? You want to bet? But we won't know until the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes, the Constipated News Network, MSLSD, all the other phony frauds and fools, all of them dig into it and find out. Just inform us. I mean, at least Pied Piper did what he expected the people to do when he walked off the cliff, the people following him. We know that Joe Biden has at least one vehicle that takes gasoline. It was in his, in his garage with the classified documents. Oh, by the way, I mentioned this as a stream of thought. Um, but the whole family couldn't be there because the whole family doesn't live in one place. You know, we have kids and grandkids live different parts of the country, but those of us in the Washington, D.C., Virginia area uh, saw uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Mr. Producer, Saturday night. It was very funny. It wasn't political, you know, none of that stuff. 
And I wish I remember the gentleman who preceded him because he was hilarious too. He was absolutely hilarious. We had a great night doing that. And, um, but it got me to thinking. I think Jerry Seinfeld has like 150 classic cars. I'll bet not one of them is electric. Jay Leno, doesn't he have like 100 of them? I'll bet not one of them is electric. How many electric vehicles are they driving around in Hollywood? Now, that doesn't mean they don't have one. That's not my question. What's their regular mode of transportation? See, ladies and gentlemen, the ruling class never does what they expect you to do or what they demand that you do. How many of them have solar panels on their on their uh, roofs? Almost none of them, I guarantee it. Almost none of them. But that doesn't matter. You're the plebes. So they keep pushing this crap out for these EVs, these environmental vehicles. I also find that some of the people driving environmental vehicles, excuse me, electric vehicles, EVs, are like the people that used to drive in the Priuses. Now, they're still Priuses. But they actually get up at the green light with you, and they want to race you, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? Because the electric vehicles, I notice, they're, they're hot right off the start. How do I know? Because I, I messed around with one guy, or he did with me, and he had a Tesla. Apparently, the Tesla is the best electric vehicle. And so this guy jumps off the starting gate. Boom. And I did. And I, I thought about what my dad once told me. Never be the first one who drives into an intersection. Because if somebody runs a red light, you're going to get hit. So I'm watching the schmuck. I said, not only do you have an electric vehicle, you're going to be the first one hit in the intersection. Now, those of you who want electric vehicles, enjoy yourselves. Get electric vehicles. Some people like sailboats. They don't want motorboats. Whatever. Just don't impose it on the rest of us. Like, like Gavin Newsom. We're abolishing the fossil. And one other thing. I noticed that the Democrats and the radicals like to abolish things. They never build anything except bureaucracy. But they never... They never promote entrepreneurship, not through their tax policies, the regulatory, but nothing. It's always destroying stuff. And almost none of them have ever done anything other than destroy things with governmental power. They've almost done nothing. What has Gavin Newsom done? I know he's created, a, he's, he's made a lot of money, I think, from some winery or something like that. But what has he actually done? Nothing. AOC. Nobody pours a drink like AOC. Hey, that's okay. But that's the extent of her knowledge base for running the world. What has Mr. Red done? Mr. Moscow. Bernie Sanders in the private sector. Absolutely nothing. And we go down the list. Joe Biden. Nothing except rip off Americans on public welfare his entire life. His family, he... Became multi-millionaires, but obviously on the up and up because we're not investigating it. But they know how to run everything, the whole world. It doesn't matter what business. That's why if they get their way, we're done. We're doomed. 
Buttigieg, Buttigieg, the Department of Transportation. Has that guy ever even been at a road site that's been built and people working on it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Today is Monday by my calculation, ladies and gentlemen, so six days ago. More exactly, six nights ago, Joe Biden gave his State of Confusion speech. Does anybody remember much about it? No, you don't, do you? And why would you? That's always my point before these State of the Union speeches. They're hyped up by the media. They're hyped up by the Democrats. State of the Union. Nobody remembers that crap. So Chuck Schumer's out there with his cornrows and everything else. That was in about 25 years ago. Biden, Strom Thurmond, uh, Chuck Schumer, they all went to the same, uh, you know, size hair club for men or whatever it was. And got their uh, foreheads punctured with the, the cornrows of hair. I call them cornrows. Uh, and they comb it back and they don't want you to think that you don't see it. And uh, they do that for several reasons, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they're already married, so it's not like that's... A, they do it because their heads are funny shapes or they got kind of gorbachev things going on up there. You know what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? So they do the cornrow. They yank it out of the back of their head and they, they plant it in the front of their head like it's, uh, you know, grass seed. And they're geopets. And when these guys talk, I can't stop staring at it, to be honest with you. And in the case of Schumer, it's like a perfect straight line across your forehead. <laughs> no human being naturally would look like that. But then again, Schumer, you get it. So it's straight across the forehead. So I keep staring at it saying, man, you would have had a good malpractice suit. Not anymore, of course. I want to spend a little bit of time next hour on the individual who has proposed freezing Social Security and Medicare and perhaps slashing it, sunsetting Medicare and Social Security. I want you to stick with me 
Because I think you're going to be surprised who this scoundrel is. What scoundrel would propose such a thing? Well, stick with me. I'll explain it in detail. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-381. Anyway, uh, I don't mean to upset your dinner if some of you are eating right now. Or some of you are a little queasy to begin with, but I'm going to play a little clip of Chuck Schumer, the schmuckster. He's on ABC's This Week. Isn't it hilarious? Democrats going on shows that are anchored by Democrats. It's a funny thing. George Stephanopoulos. Oh, yes. Uh, And he gets into a little bit with, uh, or Schumer does. Where's the Republican proposal on their budget? Where is it? Cut 17, go. Your Democratic colleague, Senator Joe Manchin, says now you should be engaged in negotiations like that. Well, let me say this. We have a position. We have a clear position. Do it clean. Do it without brinksmanship. Do what clean and do it without? You see, this is, again, he conspired with McConnell and Pelosi to push through a massive debt and spending bill through this monstrous omnibus spending bill which has more crap in it than you can imagine. And so they're saying, don't play brinksmanship and tell us to cut. You tell us. What do you want to get? You, you tell us. And, and so basically what he's saying is, he, because he's a Svengali, he's a very evil, nasty human being. And I question the last. And what Schumer's doing here is saying, we want a clean bill. Just pay for everything that we pass. That's all. That's all. Pay for everything we dumped in your lap. Go ahead. Without this risk of hostage taking where things could blow up, because as you know, if we don't renew the debt ceiling, average American families will be clobbered. Their interest rates would go up. Their pension savings would go down. Right, the folks, cost of- folks, 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 folks. 
This is why I despise him and people like him. Now, all this is happening right now. All this is happening right now. Interest rates are going to continue to go up. Do you know how I know this, Mr. Producer? Because the Fed just announced it. So what this sleazeball is doing is he's trying to tie that to this, to this battle. And this battle is about saving America. And what Schumer is saying is, you know, majority in the House, you don't have any say. We dealt with Pelosi and McConnell. We're done. This is why McConnell is so poisonous to the country and the Republican Party. He put the Republicans in this position in the House, and they're fighting back, which is good. Go ahead. Up, up to $100,000. So it's risky. Now, McCarthy says he wants to uh, attach certain spending cuts to do this. A, where is your plan, Mr. McCarthy? He says he wants cuts. We ask him which ones. He won't say any. Is it Social Security and Medicare? That would hurt the American He says it people. won't be. He says it won't, but a lot of other people in his caucus still say it will. No, nobody in his caucus, not one. They're trying to pin it on Rick Scott. No, that's not what he's saying or anybody else. And by the way, if nothing's done to reform it, it will cut itself. It's just in horrific shape because the Democrats stole from the trust funds. But that's a topic for another day. But you heard Schumer talk about Republicans. I want to bring to your attention, thanks to our friends at Breitbart, and thanks to a posting by Wendell, I guess it's Husebo. It wasn't that long ago, as far as Joe Biden's career goes, 1995, when Joe Biden pleaded with Congress. Not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times to cut Social Security and Medicare. He's the only politician in office today who ever did. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Wow. Now, you know what's amazing? George Stephanopoulos could have had access to this audio. There it is on Breitbart. They found it. Deface the Nation could have. There it is on Breitbart. They found it. ABC's This Week with whomever. They could have played it. It's on Breitbart. They found it. This should be played over and over and over again because the Republicans have no intention of cutting any of it. They want to take a look at it one day to see if they can fix it. And by fixing it, they mean grandfathering in people who are currently on it. People will be on it in the next 10 years. But otherwise, people aren't going to have it because the government has run a Ponzi scheme and Media Matters is in favor of cutting funds to senior citizens and Medicare recipients and all the rest because they support the Ponzi scheme. I guess George Soros, these are his minions. But again, this is a man who was a senator at this point for almost 25 years. 
And he's bragging about the fact what he wanted to do with Social Security and Medicare. And now he's lying again about what Republicans said. They didn't say anything. And the Biden plan is more radical than anything Rick Scott put out. Rick Scott was talking about five years and so forth. This guy's talking about four years. And notice also that Joe Biden's best friend, Mitch McConnell, has never condemned Joe Biden. Only Rick Scott. Cause Mitch McConnell is sleazy. That's why Biden never challenged Mitch McConnell to lead the Republican Party in the Senate. Obviously, Rick Scott did. So Biden is his buddy and Rick Scott needs to go. Get it? See how it works? But again, I want to play this so all the backbenchers play it tomorrow. This is Joe Biden, 1995. Go. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. You know what else amazes me, too, just to be honest, that Donald Trump's campaign didn't come up with this in 2020 and make it an issue. His campaign managers and so forth and so on, I don't know them, or at least I don't think I do. I don't remember who they were, but that's what a campaign needs to do, come up with stuff like this. And uh, he could do it now. DeSantis can do it. Rick Scott can do it. And by the way, now it says here I'm reading that Rick Scott may want to run for president. There's a guy who wants to run for president, and no offense, I can't pronounce his name. He wrote, like, Woke Inc. about corporations. Very sharp dude. Uh, who else? I heard Larry Elder wants to run for president. Ladies and gentlemen, what, are we going to have 40 people run for president? Including people who we know don't have a shot. What is that all about? Then they're going to demand to be in the debates. You're going to have the Cape May Orca may want to jump in. Boy, that's a scary thought. Remember when that hurricane hit Mr. Producer and everybody was told to stay off the beaches? And a, uh, a news helicopter thought they found sort of a beach sperm whale. Remember that? They say, wait a minute, that's not a, spe- a beach sperm whale. That's the governor of New Jersey. And there he was, Chris Christie, the uh, people's governor. And uh, Larry Hogan is another one. Can anybody remember anything great Larry Hogan did as governor? He was only governor a couple of months ago. Of course not. Then there's Asa Hutchison. Well, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who just became governor, and she's issuing orders left and right to basically do things Asa Hutchison never did. Asa Hutchison's running on a platform uh, that Donald Trump stinks. That's his whole platform. If he speaks up, we might actually. Then there's Chris Sununu. Of the famous Sununu, let's choose Souter to be on the Supreme Court family. Sununu. As I said, that guy looks like he's hyped up on cotton candy or something. Who else? Who else? Who else is out there that has no shot, but wants to draw attention to themselves? Kasich, I'm sorry, he, hey, what about me over here? What about you, moron? I mean, I don't see that happening either, do you? 
The guy Kemp from uh, Georgia. He's been a pretty good governor, actually. I just don't think he has it for president. That's just my personal view. What did I do? Just name six, eight? And I'm not even close. There are certain individuals for the Republican primary who we know have good records, strong records, a base, that sort of thing. I'm not saying anyone he shouldn't run who doesn't want to run, but I am saying some people are just trying to grift off of this to draw attention to themselves. Well, I went to Iowa and I went to New Hampshire. Well, great. So did a lot of truck drivers. So have a lot of migrants. So have a lot of vacationers. So, have a lot. so what? That doesn't make you presidential material. People have said to me, oh, Mark, you should run for president. I don't take it seriously. In fact, I'm running from the president. Mark, you should be attorney general. I don't take that seriously, but some people do. It's amazing, including in talk radio. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, racism, bigotry, it's a big thing, part of the Democrat Party. Big part of MSNBC and CNN. Big part of the culture now. Depending on who you are, you can say anything you want about anybody else. Buttigieg apparently can do that. He's filled with racist attacks and hatred. You would think a gentleman like him would be a little bit more thoughtful, but apparently not. It's the end thing to do today. Here we go. Cut 20, go. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges, on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. What do they look you- like, Pete? What do they look like? Tell us. So you contractors out there, you should fire all your help and hire everybody from the neighborhood, you know, to build bridges and tunnels and, and bypasses and everything like that. That's all. Forget about the union rules. Forget about the Department of Labor rules. Just do it. It's coming from the whitest white man on the face of the earth. Go ahead. Build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. This guy's so full of S, it's not even funny. He, he, he just spews out stupidity. Let's think about it practically. You're a contractor. You're a builder. You do construction. Big construction jobs. That's what it takes. And you have union members. And a lot of that involves seniority and other things that people have earned, okay? So you've been on a project. Okay, you build an overpass or whatever, bypass, or in a community that's largely a community that's black or a community of color. And he says that you should hire individuals who look like that community. 
what if you have a more diverse workforce? You got blacks and whites and browns and yellows and reds and albino. You got a whole UN thing going on there. You got a whole rainbow coalition thing going on there. How's this supposed to work exactly? So the construction company, and most of them are not massive, so the construction company says, okay, we're going to hire people who look like the community. And by the way, does that work the other way around? If you're a construction company and you want a contract to build a highway or a byway or a bridge where the Obamas live, where the Obamas live, Amatha's Vineyard, do you only hire white workers then? Is that what you do? What do you do? What is he trying to say? What is he trying to say? He's trying to say, you need to join the party of bigotry. You need to join the party of racism. Forget about individuals. Forget about a colorblind society. Forget about merit. Forget about the unions. Forget about all of it. Well, how do you know everybody's qualified that you're hiring? I mean, everybody in a community, just because they're one color or another, even a diverse community, they're not qualified to build stuff. So this is what you have at the Department of Transportation. This a-hole. Doesn't even make any sense. And of course, we all know everything that's built in communities of color are prejudice. Are racists, are bigoted. Now, here's the funny thing. You know, I'm from Philadelphia. Most of the stuff that was built in many of the neighborhoods that are today majority black were majority white at the time. Many of the bridges, almost all the tunnels, the bypasses, to the extent they even build them anymore, weren't built yesterday. They weren't built 30 years ago. Most of them would have been built in the 50s, in the early 60s, when a lot of these neighborhoods were, say, still Italian or German or Irish or some combination thereof, and black too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. But the demographics of the city have changed, particularly in certain communities, and same with every city. It just does. So it's not like that, oh, that bridge was put there by a bunch of white people to discriminate against a bunch of minorities. That's not what happened. But it doesn't matter. Because this is ideology run amok. And this is a party that is racist to the core. Whether it's anti-black racism of the past or anti-white racism of today, anti-Asian racism, whatever it is. To the core. And so now we have what are they called? Infrastructure justice or some such nonsense? It's like environmental justice. We haven't built a refinery in over half a century. So the community's not close to the refinery. Most communities aren't close to refinery, but closer to a refinery than other communities. They've changed, too. So it's not like environmental justice all these things were done purposely to discriminate against a certain group or what have you and so forth that's not what happened 
I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. What has happened to the right to representation in this country? You know the Miranda Rule. When somebody who uh, is believed with probable cause to have committed the most heinous murder on the face of the earth, he or she has to have their rights read to them. It's not in the Constitution, but the Supreme Court in the Miranda case ordered it. And so they're told they don't have to speak, and they have a right to a lawyer. So nine times out of ten, unless they're complete morons, they clam up, or what they call lawyer up. And in such a case of attorney-client privilege, that is, the state cannot, prosecutors cannot, pierce the veil of, of communication, of privileged communication. Otherwise, that individual cannot possibly have proper representation. So that's attorney-client privilege. There's also confidentiality. That is, that there are communications that the lawyer has that are confidential, and that confidentiality can't be pierced. There's also attorney work product. That is, the work that an attorney does in representing somebody, that can't be pierced either. So you've got this triumvirate of rules, this trifecta, that are intended to protect their client and uphold the Constitution. You can't have due process if you can't confide in a lawyer and if the lawyer can't work on your behalf vigorously. So explain to me how all these Trump lawyers are able to be pulled in front of grand juries by government prosecutors. Here's the latest one. Trump lawyer in Mar-a-Lago search appeared before grand jury. This is Bloomberg. Evan Corcoran, rather. Evan Corcoran went before Washington grand jury in January. Trump spokesman denounces investigation as a witch hunt, but it is. So here he is, a lawyer who's representing him on the document stuff. And so the, the rogue Obama prosecutor, who they sent all the way to the Hague, who's come back because he has the credentials that Merrick Garland wanted. That is, he was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court in the prosecution of another Republican, the former governor of Virginia. Overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously. Not a single justice voted on his behalf. Unanimously. Because he went too far. And so that's exactly the skill set that the Department of Injustice and the Stasi want when they're chasing after Republicans, particularly Trump. So how do they get to this lawyer? Well, they use what's called the crime fraud exception. And you see the rogue prosecutor and his rogue attorney general and the Stasi, they don't just want to prosecute a case about documents. They're looking for obstruction. So they want to go after this lawyer, and they are going to use the crime fraud exception to see under an, obje- uh, an obstruction argument if they can figure out if somebody didn't tell them where everything was. You know, like Joe Biden and his lawyers. But hey, that's a different story. They're Democrats. So this is the fig leaf they use. And according to Bloomberg, 
Sabrina Wilmer and Zoe Tillman writing the pieces. Evan Cochran, one of Donald Trump's lawyers, appeared before a federal grand jury last month as part of the special counsel investigation into whether classified information and other government records were mishandled at the former president's Mar-a-Lago estate, according to people familiar with the matter. So here they dragged this man in front of a federal grand jury. And in the case of Biden's lawyers, they work with the FBI. They say, hey, FBI, you can watch us, you know. And of course, Hillary's lawyers, Kendall and the rest, they were never treated like this when thousands of emails were destroyed, bleached, and all the rest. No. So they go after the lawyers. It's one of the reasons they go after Eastland and they go after Rudy Giuliani and the others. They want to make sure that lawyers think twice or three times or just turn down any ability to represent a Trump or a Republican. But this is clearly a violation of what's intended by the Constitution. Clearly. Cochran has been, Cochran rather, has been representing Trump since early on in his dealings with the Justice Department. They write over whether classified materials and, and other White House documents should have been returned to the National Archives uh, were at the Florida property. Apparently these reporters don't know how to write English. He went before the grand jury in Washington during the second week in January. He didn't immediately return a request for... He's not allowed to... Well, I guess he could comment. It's the prosecution that's not supposed to be leaking, but they do all the time. Friday night, ABC News and other groups reported Trump's lawyers had turned over an empty folder. An empty folder. Mark classified to federal investigators. It was an immediate clear... What the folder contained, if anything. They just said it's an empty folder. All right, and it goes on. So you can see uh, this, this Corcoran is a former federal prosecutor. He's one of several lawyers representing the former president. Mr. Trusty, who I like a lot, Jim Trusty, he's also a former federal prosecutor. And you heard what he said on my show on TV, Life, Liberty, and Levin. He said he's never really seen anything like this. The way they're pursuing this case and the way they're, they're going after lawyers and on and so forth and so Well, of course. Because this is the nature of the beast. And by beast, I mean beast. This is outrageous. So look at the lawyers that Trump has had and look how many of them have been attacked with ethics complaints by left-wing groups and left-wing lawyers. And then you have left-wing individuals on these ethics committees. Look how they've been attacked by left-wing judges. Look how they've been attacked by a left-wing rogue prosecutor. I love the way they call them special counsel. Nothing special. They should be called hideous. It's a hideous prosecutor. All right, Mr. Producer, let us, let's do something that's a little enjoyable here, shall we? America's governor, Governor DeSantis, he's asked about uh, the college boards and all. And, of course, he, uh, he took a stance against the college boards because they were teaching uh, very grotesque lies, racism, CRT, and so forth. They wanted to teach it to the smartest students we have in this country. And he said no. And nobody joined him. None, none of the other governors. 
So this was discussed today at a press conference. Go ahead. The college board was the one that in a black studies course put queer theory in, not us. They did that. They were the ones that put in intersectionality. They put in other types of neo-Marxism into the proposed syllabus. And, man, this is the proposed course. So our Department of Education looked at that and said, in Florida, we do education, not indoctrination. And so that runs afoul of our standards. And, you know, many people agree with that in other states. We were just the only ones that had the backbone to stand up and do it because they call you names and they demagogue you when you do it. But, look, I'm so sick of people not doing what's right because they're worried that people are going to call them names. We're doing what's right here. But I, and I would also just um, so, so this college board, like nobody elected them to anything. They're just kind of there and they're providing service. And so you can either utilize those services or not. And so they've provided the, the, these AP courses for a long time. Uh, but, you know, there, there are probably some other vendors who may, may be able to do that job uh, as good or maybe even a lot better. Uh, so I've already talked with, with Paul, and I think the legislature is going to look to, to reevaluate kind of how Florida is doing that. And so, see, because he's standing up to this, and it's so critical, because this radicalization of our culture, this Marxism in our culture, is devouring the American culture from the classroom and beyond. You've got to confront it. You have to have enough sense to know what's taking place. The McConnells of the world don't. The Larry Hogan's of the world don't. The Chris Christie's of the world don't. The Asa Hutchison's of the world don't. Uh, He's attacked by Republicans and Democrats for standing up to this stuff. And this, to me, gets to the heart of the matter. It's why the parents' movement has grown. It's just unacceptable. And you can't just sit there as a governor and let this stuff happen. And he has demonstrated, he has demonstrated almost single-handedly as a governor that you can confront this and you can begin to beat it back. Next, please go. Here's the thing with with, with ESG and what we're doing. If those ESG investments are actually the best investments, you can do it. We're not preventing you from doing that at all. If if buying uh, solar panels companies and all that, if that is what what is going to return the best, you're not restricted at all. You're only restricted if ESG is the rule because there could be lucrative areas that you are just not going to do because of the politics of it. And I think that is where you, you run into a big, big problem. But, but I really do think that this is kind of a house of cards. I think it's going to come crashing down because I think as more people look at this, they say, okay, how is this benefiting you know, me? Like you're a retired police officer. Is it benefiting you as a retired police officer or a retired nurse or people that have this stuff to look to see how your investments are managed? No, it's not benefiting them at all. Are the policy implications from this benefiting the public? Well, if you're paying higher for energy and all these other things, I don't think so. And remember, higher energy costs drives increased costs in all goods because you need energy to produce anything. So it has a ripple effect across the economy. And then I think that it doesn't get talked about enough. I did mention it. Uh, we need to have competitive advantages against China. We need to be reevaluating the relationship where we're so dependent on China. How are you going to be able to have the ability to do that effectively if the costs here are going up artificially? We do not want to do that. So the supply chain crisis where all our economy is basically being 
done in China or a lot of major things are being done in China, that is not good for this country. Those of you who have pensions, do you want them invested in ideological endeavors or do you want them invested um, in ways that uh, are professional? So you can continue to live your lifestyle. And I should say one other thing. You heard this man. He's very earnest. He's very plain spoken. He's a straight shooter. And I really don't think calling him comic book character names or trying to destroy his character reputation is going to work. And I don't think people are going to like it, and I think it's going to turn off people. And I don't know why candidates won't run on their records. As President of the United States, Donald Trump has a fantastic record. And he has a fantastic record of taking, off the, of taking on the radical left and taking on the corrupt media. That's the high ground, and he could win on the high ground. But there are others in this race who can't, so they resort to personal name calling and the, so forth, and, and they ought to cut it out too. I'm just saying, I am part of the stick to the issues crowd when it comes to the Republican primary. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. John Delina, a Drug Enforcement Administration special agent, 27 years of experience, told members of the House Energy and Commerce Committee this past week that the current drug crisis is unlike anything he's ever seen. He said the Sonola and Jalesco cartels pose the greatest criminal drug threat the United States has ever faced. He said these ruthless, violent criminal organizations have associates, facilitators, and brokers now in all 50 states, as well as more than 40 countries around the world. He said in 2022 alone, the DEA says it sees more than 50 million fake pills, 10,000 pounds, 10,000 pounds of fentanyl powder, approximately 370 million deadly doses of fentanyl been taken off American streets. It's not effectively managed right now, and until it is, the cartels are they, they're the winners of this, said Mark Daniels, sheriff in Cochise County, Arizona. This is Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden. This is what you get when you don't secure your borders. This is what you get, Joe Biden. And the Democrats never want to talk about this, ever. You love your kids, then you ought to hate the Democrats. I want to salute all you folks and all the heroes out there. I want to thank you for being here. The greatest of audiences. God bless you and have a wonderful evening.